0: When you stop and you think about this whole concept, and, and really, this is just basically talking about the brokenness, the fallenness of mankind, and uh, and, you, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. When you stop and think about this, this is um, this is something that we all have to deal with in different ways, and uh, it's it's pretty key, and it's not that hard to see. And it's not, as I've said many times, I don't really have. That big of a problem anymore in my job in trying to get people to understand their brokenness. They usually are pretty well ready to. Uh, by the time I get to talk to them on a personal level, pretty understanding of mankind's brokenness. Uh, when we talk, uh, there was this writer um, from uh, actually he was born in Libya, um, his, and, and he was big in the '60s. He was like the, uh, I mean, he was like the uh, philosopher de jour, if you will, of the decade of the '60s. I got so sick of hearing about. Oh, have you read The Prophet by Khalil Gibran? Have you heard I mean, you know, I looked at it a couple times, and I'm thinking, this is, anyway. Um, but he said something that was really good. I never thought I'd be quoting this guy in church, but here we go. Um, and it, it's really on point to what I'm talking about this morning, our theme. Among the people, there are killers who have not yet shed blood, and thieves who have, not, who, who have stolen nothing. And liars who have so far told the truth. That's really a pretty true statement. Uh, We talk about the brokenness of mankind. It doesn't mean that everybody equally does all the same bad stuff. Um, It means that they are capable of it and often are only just one decision away from it or one or two or three degrees away from it, depending on on each situation. So we're talking about the story of man. I want to look at the Genesis record. Uh, This is the biblical account of the fall of mankind. And um, you know what? If you don't at least have a minimal, and I mean this, if you don't at least have a minimal understanding of this basic belief that mankind is screwed up and he has been so shortly after he was created, I mean, if you don't have a minimal understanding of that, I mean, you're going to have a life of disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And uh, and and you see this all the time. I mean, I see it all the time. Particularly people who are bitter, people who are uh, disenchanted about all the injustices and all the wrongs of life, and 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 whose fault it is, everybody but theirs. We see it in, in relate. We see, it in, obviously, we're seeing it in business. Um, not just not just in the last couple of years. We've seen. It's, it's, all over the place. It's been there all along, different places. Um, see it in politics, certainly. We see it in marriage. One of the things I always include. There's a couple. I have a couple of, you know, I let, I'm always an honor to, to officiate a ceremony, like I did yesterday in Long Beach Island. Um, never before though have I been in a suit with no shoes. Never before have I lost the front row of the wedding to the rising tide. You know you're in trouble, when you to walk down the, 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 the quote-unquote aisle, which is the beach, and the, yeah. uh, man, the, the, the director comes, the wedding coordinator comes to you and says, we just lost the front row, the tide's rising, and, and the wind picked up, and it was really, really cold. It's about like it is right now. And, and, and I'm so I said, we can do this thing, and, and we can make this happen. And, uh, and then I got there, and um, out front there waiting for the bride to come in. And the bridesmaid are in these, these strapless uh, short dresses, and it's like 50, 45 degrees with wind. I don't know what the windshield is. And, and they're just like, they're walking down the aisle, and their lips are blue, you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, if I don't get this thing over with quick, I'm going to lose somebody here real quick. So uh, the bride came down, and I said, Kate, we're going to do this real quick. Are you? She's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> that's, a, that's, that's a side point. Um, but in that wedding, as I do, as I, when I, in, in, in places that are a little more comfortable, um, I always like to put in there something about in some way, we will, you know, I promise you my love, you know, my faithfulness, and I will forgive and be forgiven. You've got to have that, because you're not going to have a marriage, you're not going to get past 10 days if you don't have that. And, um, and that's the issue here. And a lot of people, you've, to understand that, you have to understand just the whole issue of mankind and his, his problem, her problem. That's what I want you to do today, and we're going to just take a look at that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a real quick thing, three real quick things in the story of man. I'm going to show you how man, three things. The first one is man sins. Again, when I'm using the word man here, I mean mankind. I'll say man, but I don't mean literally man. I mean mankind. Um, and we go to Genesis chapter 3, and uh, I don't really care whether you take this uh, in, symb- in symbolism form or whether you take this literally. Uh, it's true in terms of the fall of mankind. And we were there. We were all there in-, in a sense, right? symbolically at the very least. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Here we go. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Already he's distorting the truth. Of course we may, this is the, the woman, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, You must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, the fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then, you know the rest of the story, don't you? Then, she gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. We'll come back to that. Don't get, don't get, don't start. Don't get weird with me now, okay? <laughs> um, you know what? This is this first sin, original sin, however we want to call it. It's important to realize this isn't some sort of a weird symbolic erotic eating apple you know, hoo-ha thing. I mean, there's all kinds of views. Well, this was this, and there was this symbolism, and this was, uh, you know. You know what, what, this is just, this was simply this. God, I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it, and you can butt out. That's, that's what this was. It was just simple, sinful rebellion against the Creator. I'm not going to do it. I'm just not going to do it. That's what, that's what the first sin was, rebellion, disobedience to God. your creator and your lord Um, and and that's what it was then that's what sin is today sin missing the mark the mark of course set by god Uh, and and it's living with something or someone other than god your creator at the center of your life that's what it is that's what started here with eve and adam and uh, and that's what's going on here so so you need to understand that's the first thing mankind sins second thing next verse Mankind hides. He hides. Watch what happens. <clears throat> Verse 7, still back in Genesis 3. At that moment, their eyes were open. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. That's because they were overweight. No. And, um, <laughs> sorry, that was not necessary. Um, <sighs> so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid, they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And the Lord God called to the man, where are you? I mean, you know, come on, Adam, you can't hide from God. Don't be an idiot here. Uh, Verse 10, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. But here's one of the things I want you to grab out of this: was this, this mankind hiding thing. All right, um, this is the one common denominator of mankind. We do not like. I don't like it. You don't like it. We don't like facing up to our sins. And I've been facing up to them for a lot of years. I still don't like it. Never get used to it. Never gets easy. Don't care. Especially when your wife points them out. Do you ever have no it doesn't it doesn't well it does matter. But it, those people who will speak truth into your life, and hopefully that's your mate, or your and some best friends, it's never easy. I don't care who who they are and how and you know and you know they love you, but it's never easy. It's called denial. And it's interesting, and I'm gonna read to you some little Wikipedia wisdom here, um, sort of a little pop one oh one uh of uh, of Freud and uh Whatever you might think of Freud, he certainly had some things that he was well ahead of his time on in terms of psychology. Denial is a defense mechanism postulated by Sigmund Freud in which a person is faced with a fact that it's too uncomfortable to accept and rejects it instead, insisting that it is not true despite what may be overwhelming evidence. And the subject may use simple denial, deny the reality of the unpleasant fact altogether. We've all seen this. You have a problem. No, I don't have a problem. You have a drinking problem. Oh, I don't have a drinking problem. Give me another drink. Um, you have a tro- problem speaking the truth. No, I don't. It's so hard. I, I don't care what you're talking about kids What what you talking about adults. It's hard. It's not fun. I don't, I, you know. So we have simple denial, according to Freud. And I, I think we see this. We see it right here in Genesis. It's amazing to me. Then we have minimization. We minimize. That is admitting that a fact, but deny its seriousness. Sort of a combination of denial and rationalizing and so forth. And then we'll do that. And I'll tell you how we do that. I, I, you hear this word a lot, particularly when you, when you do what I do and, and on a personal level. Somebody will say, yeah, I did this. But it was just. And they'll go on. And so many times I will say, let's let's go back. I want you to hear yourself. Let's rerun it. Let's rerun that tape. It was just. Now let's finish that sentence. You said it was just. You know, was it just? We try to start. You know, whatever that might be, whatever the thing that they did might be. It was just. It was just. A, it was just. It was just a few extra dollars that I that I that I didn't account for. You know, it was just. You know, it was just a a, a kiss. You know. And, and she wasn't, you know, this or that, or he wasn't. She wasn't my wife, or or it just, a, it was just a, just a little lie. It was just a, you know, it, it goes on. Whatever it might be, uh, it was just, it was just an ethical issue that I just sort of, just sort of touched it. So we start getting into trouble. Whatever, whatever. I don't care what it is. I don't care what situation it is. Um, and we've all done them in different, different degrees, different phases. Different stanzas, different choruses, the whole thing. You know, here's the thing. If we admit wrongdoing, we usually have to throw in that, but here were my circumstances, you know? By the way, the third one, I, I, I talked about self that simple denial, minimization, The third one is projection, admitting both the fact and the seriousness, but you deny responsibility. This is what we call, you know, projection or blaming somebody else. It's amazing, and now that works, you know. Um, we 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 basically deny responsibility. We blame something or someone else. We do it all the time. I did it this morning. I came here, sat down, comfortable, heard great music. Clay got ready. Nine o'clock service. Clay got ready to come up to do the announcements, and as he did that, all of a sudden, it realized, I realized I didn't have my microphone. So I walked back to the booth. Dave Dave has just been conveniently disappearing on me here lately, and uh, I walked back to the booth and I looked at Dave and I'm like. Dude, where's my mic? Now, a little inside, little inside information here. It's really my responsibility to make sure I have my microphone. Okay? I mean, it's kind of one of the things. I'm kind of a big boy. I'm kind of supposed to know that. But it's just so much fun to blame somebody else. You know what I mean? And I, and I was just half kidding, but only half. Uh, 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 that, <laughs> hey, I need my microphone. That's a simple way. We do it other ways many times. We start blaming others. That's what happens here with Adam and Eve. And, 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 and it's, it's amazing how this works. What happens? So man, man sins, man hides, mankind blames. Watch what happens. So remember back in verse 10? I heard you walking in the garden, Adam says to God, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now God picks it up here in verse 11. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, here we go, it was the woman you gave me, the fr- who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Here we go, we start blaming. It's the woman. Now let's go to the woman. And the Lord asked the woman, what have you done? And then she says, it's this, you know, stinking snake. The serpent deceived me. She replied, that's why I ate it. What is it about us that we don't want to step up to the the plate, belly up to the bar, and just say, you know what? I'll, I'll, it's me. It's me. I am, I, am, I am my own undoing. I am my problem. That's, that's, what, that's the issue here. When we start talking about the story of man, that's the story of man. He, he sins, he hides, and then he blames. And you start dealing with that when, you, when you're a little kid. Well, it was his fault. No, it's amazing how that happens. I mean, it's, it's uh, <laughs> somebody just recently told me a story. It happened in, in uh, Jiro Park over here in, in Short Hills, and, and some kid threw a stick. And uh, as it turned out, all the, all the other kids that he threw the stick at just happened to duck at the right moment, just one of those things, and didn't hit anybody. So a couple of the parents picked up the stick to go uh, confront the kid, and the kid, this, this really happened just last week, and they, 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 they went to confront the kid, and the kid runs he runs, and, and they, they go find him in the place, and they can't find him, and they figure, well, he's in the men's, and he went to the boys' bathroom. So they went in the boys' bathroom, sent somebody in there. They said, no, he's not in there. And they said, yeah, he's in there. One of the moms was pretty insightful. Yeah, he's in there. So somebody went back in there. and In fact, one of the moms went in there. I mean, and, and, uh, and, and he had closed the, uh, the uh, little thing, the, the door on the uh, commode thing, and was standing on the commode. So you couldn't see his leg, but he had this thing locked, and they said whatever his name was, Eddie? And he was like, "I, I, I didn't throw any stick." <laughs> isn't that typical? I mean, isn't that just? <laughs> I didn't do it. Um, we just—it's just, just so—it's just so weird. The, the, and you think about yourself sometimes and those issues and some of the things you try to dodge. When it would be better if you would just—here I am. Yeah. So man sin, mankind sin. He hides. They hide, and then they blame. I like this, Uh, 1400s uh, Italian uh, writer, uh, Beretti said this, I hate mankind, for I think myself one of the best of them, and I know how bad I am. (laughs) I I can relate to that. (laughs) I don't hate mankind, but I do think, gee whiz, they're bad and I'm I'm the worst one I know. Um, Look, this is the issue. We're, we're kind of doomed. And, and we, we, we don't want to deal with our stuff. We don't want to deal with our stuff. We, didn't wanna, we don't even want to admit that it's there. So the Apostle Paul was thinking about that, I believe, when he wrote Romans chapter 5 and just two verses. Very simple, very quick, very easy. But uh, it's, it's this For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater. Is God's wonderful gift and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and I love, I've used this this particular translation, I love the way they, they write this, and new life for everyone. Yes, you are your own undoing. Yes, you are the reason for your problems. But folks, I got good news. That's why Jesus came. Never forget that, never miss that, and hang on to that truth for as long as you live. That's why Jesus came. For people who, are, who, who, who have heart problems like me and like you. For people who, like, who, who sin and then want to hide. And then... Whether it's convenient, you're not going to blame somebody else, anybody else. And that's why Jesus came. I mean, that, that part, verse 17, Adam caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. Listen, don't miss that. You need that. You desperately need that. That's, this is really the gospel. You, this is really the gospel. It's recognizing I'm a broken person. You know, I've often thought, what a, wouldn't a great name for a church be, the Church of Broken People? That's all of us. That's all of us. And, and I, I've also always wondered why the Apostle Paul somehow captured, he says, if you read it in 1 Corinthians, he says, um, Christ died for sinners of whom I am chief. I'm like, how did he get that? I mean if he's a chief heck I'm his number 1 lieutenant, you know? Um but but that's 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 what we are. We're all just broken. And 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 that's why Jesus came. And that's when you when you understand that, I mean my goodness, it's such first it's such a relief and secondly it's 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 So much better because here's what he says. He says, I want to go back to verse 18 there, Romans Romans 5, verse 18. Adam's Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God with new life for everyone. And that's the gospel, that, that, that I'm broken, that Jesus came, and he gives me new life when I trust in him. Now, some of us have been on that road for a long time and, and, and we're, we're, we're well down the road. We still have our setbacks, all of us. And for all of us, Sometimes it's four or five steps forward, and sometimes it's three or four back. Sometimes it's 10 or 12 feet back, and then we start back forward again. All of us are on that road, that journey, that spiritual journey of life. All of us are there uh, who have trusted Christ. Some of you are still thinking about that, and, and maybe you're like a, a couple of friends of mine who say, you know what, I'm not quite there, but I'm, I'm committed to the process of what it means to trust Christ. I'm, just, I'm still just committed to the process. Great! Great! It's a great process to be committed to. For some, you're not even committed to the process yet. You're still thinking about it. You're still just giving us some great thought, and, and, and maybe even you would never say this, maybe even a little prayer, you know, about that. That's fine. Wherever you are in this whole journey, this faith journey thing, we're, we're glad you're here. You may not have even even have started it yet, but uh, we're glad you are, whether you're there or whether you're well down the road and, and know what it means to have a few, few uh chuck holes in your life and maybe even a few sinkholes um, uh, in your own walk and journey of faith and so forth. Man sins, man hides, mankind blames. But then Jesus comes. <laughs> he, gives, he, gives us, he gives new life for everyone. Let me, let me the, Nobody sums us up better, I think, than, um, well, at least in my opinion, C.S. Lewis. Um, this one quote that I just think says it all. Our whole being, by its very nature, is one vast need. Incomplete, preparatory, empty yet cluttered, crying out for him who can untie things that are now knotted together and tie up things that are still dangling loose. Just think about that. God is here (laughs) to untie some things that have been knotted together. Maybe it's just slavish type of habits that are destructive. Maybe it's a way of doing, a way of living, a way of responding that's not healthy. Spiritually, psychologically, or physically. He's there to break those knots up. And then the last part, and then to tie up some of the things that are just dangling loose. That's what faith in Christ does. So as we think about this, this whole thing of credo, of basic beliefs, story of man, he's, he's broken. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why we trust him. I want to pray for you and just pray for myself as well as we take these truths and just ask God to let them sink into our hearts and minds. Lord God, we are humbled. I'm humbled. I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of who you are and all that you can and will do in our lives. I thank you for that. I thank you for your love and for the grace and the forgiveness that you provide for me alone, let alone for everyone here. And we pray, God, that our lives would be one as we continue to, to, to... This process for some of us, this journey of faith for, for others of us who are well, well down that road... Help us to stop and reflect and, and to think, remember maybe, of the fact that we are, uh, we're, we're just mortal, fallen human beings, desperately in need of the love and the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.